Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans, my Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Ryan and I are coming off of three super fun episodes just last week. It was a fun trade deadline, and we came on most recently for episode 104 titled Monty Big Balls McNair. You can find that episode and any of our other episodes streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing my co-host today, as always, Ryan. What's good? What is going on, everybody? We are post-Super Bowl. What's today? Tuesday? Yeah, today is Tuesday, February 15th. Uh, my adult beverage of choice tonight is going to be a red wine. Don't know what kind. Don't really care. Uh, the wife poured it for me. So, uh, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, we're three games into the Kings, uh, you know, post Halliburton and Buddy Heald. They're two and one, you know, struggled to make the ball, you know, make the ball go in the basket yesterday. It was kind of rough, but, uh, you know, it was an encouraging week, man. And you're seeing a lot of positivity for once in Sacramento. Uh, you know, got people, I've seen numerous people come on there and be like, man, I can't wait to see the game. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm watching. So, Good vibes all around. There are still a few straggler haters out there. Uh, I'm just going to share this quick story real quick, Eric. I'm not going to put your name on blast, but uh, yesterday I had commented on a post, you know, people were freaking out about the loss. You know, some people are still just hung up on Halliburton. And I came on there and said, hey, let's not overreact, guys. You know, we're, we're three games in. We're two and one since then. It's not, you know, give give the rest of the season and we'll give our reactions after the season. I mean, you've come on here multiple times. We talk about, you know, not overreacting, keeping that steady, uh, you know, just middle ground and 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 not making judgments off of big off of small sample sizes, right? Well, I get a random person that I don't even know comment to me saying, "Oh, but you made a big deal. You overreacted when you know, with the trade these last three games." And I'm just like, first off, I've never even saw this person before, so I commented back and um, let's you know, let's just say the person cowered down and you know didn't want to have the argument. So, uh, you know, all that to be said, a bunch of trolls out there still. So, uh, and I think Casey's cracking down in Kingsland big time. You know, the troll, the trolling is just, you know, people making comments and then running, you know, defend your take, have a take and don't suck. Right. That's not the the old Jim Rome, you know, so, uh, you can't be taking jabs at people and then people comment, you just run and hide. So, uh, I just wanted to come on there and say that because I've seen a lot of that week. Well, it's a, it's been it's been really what people have been doing a lot of like you said I the Kings got to the point ahead of the trade deadline where it was rough it was real rough I mean we came on one I remember there was about a week we came on we were like Jesus dude like I don't really want to do Kings cast tonight because people don't aren't even going to the games we do we didn't even want to go to some of the games 
I, I think that it, it was we were like reluctantly watching games. And I think that was kind of the same thing going around. And then, yeah, you get that new lease on the season, that new excitement on the season at this point. That's what we said. They had to do something because if they had not done something in that deadline, I really think it would have felt falling apart. I think the bottom would have fallen out. I think that ticket sales would have been just cr- just crashed. Um, I think it would have been very, very rough. And that's why I think that the tanking thing was always crazy because tanking, that's what that would have looked like. You know, what what we were heading into, the potential no moves. Like, everyone likes the idea of building through the draft and all that shit. But honestly, it would have the tone would have looked like what it would have looked like had we not made moves and we just continued the season as it was, honestly. And and, and that's why it's, it's 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 a good thing, I think, that it happened. But yeah, obviously, people have come out the woodworks, um, you know, whether it's been actual media people or just fans. Now, it, the, the chatter's out there. There's more opinions out there. And I've noticed the same thing, too, Ryan. And it's one thing. You know, we're just fans. We're not, we don't consider ourselves fucking King's media. I don't consider myself King's journalist, nor do you. But so it's one thing when it's fans out there, they're doing it. But one thing I've noticed, dude, is I've noticed actual like people out there who are dropping takes and they're not defending their takes. And and, and that's what I like about Kingsland. It's why we started Kingsland with KC is it's a place to participate in discussion because on Twitter, man, there's a lot of people. I, I mean, I'll, I'll even call out. I'm going to call, I'm going to just call people out. For, why not? Right. So like the King, the Kings Herald wrote this article last week and I don't follow them. Do not really follow most people out there actually anymore just because I just, I don't know, but I, I read an article and it's like people giving out grades and they gave out an F for the trade. You, how, do you, how the fuck do you give an F? You know, how do you give an F, dude? So it's like, you, you, it's something we've always, all right, we just comment. We're consumers of content. So we comment and no one wants to reply back anymore. It's like they're too big to defend their take. No one wants to call back anymore. So I was like, you know, fuck you guys, dude. <laughs> this is like, yeah, I, I'm thinking, that's, that's the most shit. That's the most shit take of all time. You got a 25 year old two time all star and you give a fucking F, dude. That, that right there, you know, and you said you're going to call people out. I might as well start saying that's why the King Herald, that's why the Kings Herald fucking sucks, dude. That's why they suck. That's just a shit. That's just a shit biased in your feelings. You know, oh, Halliburton, I, you know, he wanted to be here. I'm tired. I'm sorry. I'm going to go off on a little rant, but that I, I hate that fucking take. I, he wanted to be here. He, you know, he really see, did you see the article he wrote in the player's Tribune? He really cried. Oh my gosh. He's such a good kid. Great. You know, great. Good for him. I love that he cared. That's awesome. But for you to give a fucking F an F and you in return, you got a two-time all-star who's 25 years old on only making $18 million a year. And he's filling a huge hole that was left in the, in the lineup. And you gave an F you fucking suck. Yeah. So, you know what I told him though, is I replied because it's, it's something, like I said, we're consumers of content. We're just fans, dude. So I read, I, I try to read and see everybody's takes, and 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 because we do Kings Cast, we like to throw our take out there. Let's get in a little, let's get in a little back and forth. Let's defend our positions. Let's kind of see where you really stand. But no one wants to do that, and so I just started being just. I started getting pissed off, and I was like, okay, I, I see you guys are still dropping trash takes. You know, I see, I see that's a thing, and you know what's hilarious? I think I, you know, I, I'm one of those people. I laugh at my own jokes quite a bit. Um, I think I've tried to humor myself as much as I try to humor other people. And you know what I shared? I know you saw it, Ryan, that that scene from the 40-year-old virgin. This is what the Tyrese Halliburton situation reminds me of, okay? 
if you guys have seen the 40 year version, there's that scene where they're, where they're lecturing Steve Carell's character and they're, and they're because he's just like overly valuing the pussy. Okay. He's just overvaluing the pussy. And, and he's like, well, you know, I want to, you know, basically he's trying to treat the pussy, right? He's trying to, Oh, like th- he's overthinking it. Okay. And then he finally tells him, dude, you're putting, you know what your problem is, is you're putting the fucking pussy on the pedestal. You're putting, and he says something like, you're calling it pussyliath. You know, you're pussy, putting the pussy on. It's just a pussy. And that's what I feel about when it comes to the Halliburton thing. It's like, you guys are putting the player on the pedestal. Like, he's just a player, dude. He's like, in context, he was there for 109 games. He averaged barely 14 points and about, I don't know, Ryan, six. what, six, seven rebounds? Six. Assists, six rather? Assists, six assists, like three and a half, four rebounds, yeah. So I told him that. You're putting the pussy on the pedestal. But it's, you know, it, it all goes back to, well, he's only 21. You know, he's only 21. Well, you know, you got DeMontis Sabonis, who's a two-time All-Star, and he's only 25, making $18 million a year. So uh, that argument can go both ways. That's that's the big misconception I think that people are missing out on is, I feel like people think Sabonis is like 28. You know, like there's a lot of, you know, I feel like people think he's 28, pushing 30. But in reality, he's like the same age as Fox, dude. <laughs> You know, yeah. he's like the same age as Fox and people are just people aren't taking that into you know consideration when they think about that trade, you know, and I understand. OK, we're not idiots. OK, we understand Halliburton. Good young player. OK, there is some potential there. Do I you know, do I think that he'll ever be a two time all star? Odds aren't in his favor. You know, he might sniff one out. You know, it's it's possible. But, you know. You you take what you can get in Sacramento, and anytime that you can grab a two-time All-Star who's not even yet in his prime, and again, making $18 million a year, okay, less than Harrison Barnes, less than Buddy Heald was, all right, you do it. You do it. And, and to me, it's a no-brainer. That just shows right there, you know, being in your feelings, dude, not looking at the totality of, of the situation. And, uh, you know, really just... People who have the take about, well, Halliburton, no, man, at the end of the day, okay, at, at the end of the day, yeah, the Kings let a promising young player go, but they got an all-star back who's not even in his prime. So, uh, you know, he's a fucking all-star, dude. He's an all-star. You've had two of them in 15 years. Yeah, it's just, well, the, the context. But, but you know, the I talked about that article. It's a lot of people out there. There's this, like, segment of, of the Kingsland people out there that write or whatever, and they just are so fucking hell bent on this thought process about we need to draft young players and develop them like that's the way to do it and, and with that i think people automatically assume that tyrese halliburton is going to be this high level player see that's something that king's fans do they project success on the players and players never have to prove it that's a trend if you look back from a lot of players for the Kings of recent years, even, I mean, even projecting Cess, not just projecting like success that they're going to be also just projecting general starters. So they did to Rashawn Holmes. They said bogey was the second best player on the roster. Holmes is untouchable. So they like to project success on their players. And this whole thing that Tyrese Halliburton is a guaranteed all-star. I made a post this week, Ryan. And I was like, I put, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, a guaranteed all-star basically like I put like questioning it. Right. And I said, so these are other guards in the East, Ryan. And I'm probably going to miss people, but these are other guards in the East right now um, who, who are competing. Number one, Cade Cunningham, Fred Van Vliet, Cole Anthony. People laughed at Cole Anthony, all right? 
when I posted that. Cole Anthony has better stats across the board than Tyrese Halliburton right now, and he was in he was in the same draft as him. And they're, okay. and they're both not winning games. So at the end of the yeah. day, you go off stats, right? Zach Levine, that's four. Lamelo Ball, five. Lonzo Ball, Brad Beal, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Sun, Jalen Suggs, Trey Young, Ben Simmons, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton. I, I, there's even more. People were commenting on it even more. I, that's over a dozen players right now in the mix. So the point, I guess, is that it's very fucking difficult to make an all-star team. And just because you're not an all-star doesn't mean that you're not a really good player either. So it's not Mike Bibby never made an all-star legend, should right? Have, should have. Should yeah, but he didn't. He fucking didn't. But he didn't. Right? But he didn't. And, and, and I point it to CJ McCollum's never been an all-star. CJ McCollum has never been an all-star. You know, and one of the things we talked about last summer, we did an episode called The Single Superstar Conundrum. And it was about how in the NBA you have to have multiple stars. And, and we usually use the Trailblazers as an example of like uh, uh, what we fear the Kings could end up being, where you have a really dynamic player and you give them a second tier guy and call him a star. And then that ends up being like, then you roll with that. And that's what we were fearing with the Kings with Halliburton because it's, and then that's thing, projecting success, like he's going to be a guaranteed all-star. I mean, I've read articles and heard takes this week from legit, I wouldn't call them legit people, but people who consider this themselves legit, dude. Lead, going to lead the league in, in assists for multiple years, going to be a multiple-time all-star. I've heard fans say he's going to be a next Chris Paul. Man, I just think that's fucking crazy. And I made the post this week, you know, proven commodity versus potential commodity and it comes it's that simple man and when you suck for 15 fucking years you take the proven commodity and it just so happens to help that the guy's 25 it just so happens to help that the guy is on a he has a dude Sabonis has a better contract lower amount per year than buddy Hill did that's fucking crazy to me and he's locked in okay i just think in context you can't be so upset you can't and I think that you're going to fucking just kill yourself at the end of the day. If you start tracking the Pacers box scores every night, I mean, I think that people just need to move off of that shit. He's going to, Tyrese Albert is going to have his career. Be fine. Guess what? Motherfuckers got been traded. They've been traded in the NBA, dude. I can, we can list guys. Most stars have not played for one team. It's transactional week. I, I just can't, I, I can't handle it, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, going back and looking at box scores, uh, Buddy Hill did have 36 tonight in the loss. <laughs> yeah, but you know they suck. He's shooting. But, I saw yeah, tonight, I like mean, one for 12. You yeah, know, it's yeah, just... yeah, eight for 12 tonight from three. I looked it up because somebody had posted in Kingsland. You know, I, I'm not actively seeking it out. Somebody had just posted it, but it's just funny, you know. Um, and so that that got me looking, you know, and you know, people, you know, Halliburton's stats are going to bump up a lot come the you know second half of the season. But I looked, you know, I was looking before we logged on 40 minutes a night. You know, he played 37 tonight. He played 43 the other night, 38 the night before. Um, you know, so stats are going to get inflated on bad teams. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's all we have to say about it, man. You know, people people just freaking out and getting too attached to their feelings and not looking at the situation in totality. Giving an F is absolutely ridiculous. You should be fired from your job. You know, I can see you saying, yeah, you know, it worked out for both sides, which I think it did. Right. I think Sabonis maxed out his potential in Indiana with that roster. Right. 
uh, he comes here and he, he has a chance to grow and, and move on. And, you know, and Halliburton can go and play a lot of minutes and not have to be in Fox's shadow. Why can't, why can't it work out for both sides? Why can't it be a good trade for both teams? I don't understand that. Why do you just have to give the Kings an F or why do you have to give the Indiana an A or an F? You know, Hey, you know, I, I think it was a trades on both sides. I think both franchises, you know, got better, you know, I, I think both franchises set themselves up for success there. So uh, that's it. That's my piece. That's the last time I'm talking about it. Yeah. Don't we, uh, yeah. Again, we don't want to beat a dead bush. As Ryan says, beat that bush. Um, you said that last mm. week's episode. <laughs> oh yeah. That was pretty fucking dumb. Yeah. 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 yeah you, you, uh, don't even be a dead bush. No, I'll, I'll say this. Cause I, I, you know, people don't always listen to every episode or maybe they may not have caught this take, but something I've said in the past is that, this whole this whole thing about wanting to build through the draft and really tanking the right way is is the is the take. Let's tank the right way and finally get multiple top five picks and go from there. It's a fucking pipe dream. Like I said, it's fucking Hollywood, man. The only time really that a team has ever built built a team from pretty much through the draft has it's involved. We I've said it's involved a top 10 player of all time and you can you can literally check me on that so people like to cite the warriors but dude it 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 includes maybe the best point guard of all fucking time so there's a rule in life like don't use outliers to make your point that's an exception you know and 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 so people like to say well san antonio spurs that's what they did well you know when you have maybe the best power forward of all time it covers up a lot of mistakes potentially you can kind of get away with some shit you know and you can kind of do this across the board and we've we've played this exercise you can check me anytime people have built strictly through the draft it's involved a top 10 hall of fame player of all time besides that it's fucking trades baby it's what it is you know, it's you have to draft one guy, get lucky on one guy. You you acquire a couple of cool role players through free agency, and you you hit on some trades, man. You have to hit it from all angles. It happens. It happens. And I said on last week's episode, throughout NBA history, dominant inside player, dominant outside player. That that formula's worked. It, it really has worked. It really has worked across uh, NBA history. Okay, and so. You know, I think that there's reason to be excited about the, which I think most people are. I think most people are right. And I think the people who overreacted, because that's what people fucking do, even though we come on here all the time, we tell them, don't overreact, don't freak out, don't live in a bubble in a little moment, but people still do it. Even those people, they're starting to, they're starting to walk back their take a little bit. So I think it's going to die off. And I think the best thing would be for, will be King's success, which I'm hoping. As 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 next this next part of the season. One thing though is that the Kings. Uh, let's talk about the Kings' to- total roster because um, they did acquire more than just one player, and they did trade more than one just player. One, more than one player, if I'm saying it right. All right, so they, they did. They acquired legit NBA players, and that's something for uh, three years, dude. We've been like we did an episode recently. A team of role players is something we've talked about. Just a bunch of just average G League players in the past. They they're one out there with, and finally, I think they got a group of NBA players. Um, kind of, what are you thinking for the rest of the year? I think a lot of people are are going to want to be the I told you. So it's really it's a really tough hill to climb. And I to me, I don't. I think they're going to be personally. I think they're going to be they're going to have success the second half of the year. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but regardless of the outcome, um, 
I'm not going to be too dis- too disappointed, really. Right. I think it's more about building into the offseason. But what are you kind of thinking? Yeah, I mean, you look at I, I want to say we have 23 games left. Um, 500 or better, you know, anything under that, um, that would kind of be depressing, but not terrible, you know. And then we talked about this on the last podcast. It, it's not, you know, people are saying, oh, it's it's play in game or bust. And everyone's posting in, you know, other team strength of schedules and all this stuff moving forward. I don't think it's play in game or bust. Okay. I think the Kings, you know, got better now, but also got better for the future next year. Right. Like people, you have to remember, we have our first round pick unprotected. We, you know, like we have a pick coming up in the draft this year. Uh, we have cap space. Um, so that that's more what it's all about. I do. I think that they're going to get into the playoff game. If we're talking about expectations and stuff, it's hard, man. It's hard. Are they talented enough? Yes. I, I, I believe if the season was to start over with this roster, yes, that they would be in a play-in game. But, um, you know, sitting two, two, three games back, it's hard with 23 games left. No practices. You know, thank God the All-Star game's coming. The All-Star break's coming up because that'll give these guys some time, um, you know, to, to get acclimated to each other. Um, but I'm looking, you know, if you hover at 500 or better, you know, one or two games above 500, I think that's a real success. I, I really do. So, uh, my expectation is, you know, uh, get get some, you know, get a, bu- a ton of minutes with Fox and Sabonis playing, get comfortable, see what you have, and then, you know, build off that in the offseason. You know, you brought up, you were talking about other players, um, guys like Josh Jackson, you know, 25 years old, was the number three pick in the draft a few years ago. The guy's on expiring contract. I don't expect to see him on the court much. Um Trey Lyles making two million this year, two point nine next year. Uh, he played some garbage time yesterday. I don't know if he gets in the rotation or not. I think it's he's bottom of the bench, just depth guys. You know, when you look at it, uh, if somebody goes down, he he might crack the rotation. Uh, Dante Divincenzo, he's here. Uh, he's he's going to be here for a while. They're going to resign him. He he's going to be a staple, I think, in the Kings lineup for for the next five years. Um, and then talking about guys that are here already, you know, Harrison Barnes' play has been. Uh, you know, boosted tremendously. And, 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 and me and you have been guys who have been helping, you know, we've hold Harrison Barnes accountable all season. We have, um, you know, I, we were, you know, very critical of his play because he had to be a number two score. You know, that was huge. If, you know, if he didn't score the Kings loss, cause he was the number two guy. Well, now he's the number three you know, and he's thriving, you know, he, he's getting to the hoop. He, he's getting a lot of open threes. They were talking about it the other day on the broadcast about, you know, Sabonis, uh, you know, commanding a double team down low and, and Barnes commanding a double team and it's left Harrison Barnes open a lot. Um, so that is, that is one player that I think, um, you know, that we are critical of and uh, we just wanted him to play in a, in, in his role, right? We thought the Kings were asking too much of him. Uh, and now that he, they're not, and they're asking, Hey, you know, just op- knock down open shots, you know, make the smart play uh, when you're one-on-one get the bucket. And that's, that's what Harrison Barnes does. You know, he, he does that very well. And he, he's shown that uh, Darren Fox is thriving. Okay. Darren Fox, I'll, I'll come out and say it right now, Darren Fox is back to the old Darren Fox. Okay. He's on ball. He has the ball every single time down the court. He shot 20 times last night. You know, I don't care if it's a loss or any of that, you know, 20 times. So, um, guys that are here, uh, the situation's a lot better for them. So for, for Barnes, we, I, I wanted to make sure I came on and said this because we always will call 
call ourselves, I want to say call ourselves out, but we'll keep it honest with each other on the show in our takes. And we were, yeah, you're right. We were super critical of, of AHB. And a lot of it was exactly, you laid it out perfectly. I think that's exactly how we felt. He was number two. He wasn't performing at that level. You know, when you're coming into a trade deadline, we were like, man, they, they probably need to trade him because at this point they can't count on him to do that. And he is valuable. Maybe he brings back something. I think this is probably uh, one of the most, uh, I would say the most, like it, it, it's it's probably one of the best things that have that came out of the trade deadline was it allowed to it, uh, it allowed the Kings to push down guys in the rotation uh, that they were previously needing needing in, in, in these pivotal roles, okay? And for some players, it kind of moved them back, and it's whatever, like Rashawn Holmes. But with HB, it, it was perfect because what it did is it pushed him down, and it, it, it went from, man, he's kind of a, I want to say a liability, but he's kind of not worth having on the roster just because why? To, oh, shit, this guy's going to be, is now a straight-up factor. They have a third legit player who's, who's, that's one thing we've always said about HB. A statistical baseline is solid. He's never really going to drop below and be pathetic. You can't say that about a lot of, of players in the league. And not every player has a forward that can do that, that can shoot, that can score inside a little bit, like his thing. You can do a little. So for if anything, it made him way more about way more valuable. And I think that that's that definitely is a big factor. So I'm I'm really happy that 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 happened and, and that he's, um, you know, he, he, and you can see it, it, it's, it's suiting him. This is where it should have been all along. You know, you got to put players in the position that they excel at and what they should be good at. And you'll, and you'll reap those rewards if you will. Right. But yeah, Darren Fox though, can you believe that fucking idiots were saying that everything, uh, Halliburton and everything else was holding Fox back. Can you believe that shit, dude? He's come out with, and it's just like, he or Halbert was being held back by Fox. That's what I meant to say. Halbert was being held back by Fox. I think it was the other way around, dude. Fox is being held back by Halbert, dude. That's I mean, he's coming out and just on fire. Yeah, well, we we said that, right? You know, they're both ball dominant guys. They both need the ball in their hands to be effective. And it didn't make sense to us that coming off of 25 and seven year that Deer and Fox was the one that was forced to play off ball. It didn't make sense. And I think Monty realized that. And obviously he did because that's why Halliburton's gone. Um, yeah, Fox, he's back on ball. Uh, he has a legitimate post player. Um, yeah, he, he just looks, he looks comfortable, man. He, he looks like deer and Fox of last year, uh, especially, you know, January to the end of the year where he just really went off. So uh, really encouraging to see. And it, you know, it's too bad that fans turn their backs on him so fast, dude. In a matter of two and a half months, Deer and Fox went from the franchise player to people. He sucks. Trade him. Trade him. He sucks. He can't, you know, he, he's never going to be good. He's overrated. They maxed him out for nothing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it's really good to see him playing. And, you know, somebody else who I've been impressed with lately, uh, you know, Davion Mitchell. You know, we've been critical of him, too, because early on he struggled turning the ball over. You know, the ball stops when it gets in his hands. His defense wasn't as good as everybody thought it would be. Uh, you know, Davion on the offensive end has improved a lot. And, uh, you know, credit to him. You know, I, I think the guy's a great six man. Um, and I think that is going to be his role moving forward. I think uh, Davion Mitchell will be the sixth man of this team for the next three years. He's not a guy who's going to crack the starting lineup, I don't think. 
um, you know, just because of having DiVincenzo next to Fox and all stuff. But you know, he's a, he's he's a guy that's going to play 25 minutes. He's going to come in and play some defense, and he can score, dude. If you noticed, who's the guy who you know at the end of the half, you know, who's getting that last shot, right? End of shot clock stuff, or end of the third quarter, who's getting it? He's a great ISO player, man. His step back is phenomenal. You know, you see it almost on a nightly basis that step back that really just frees up a lot of space between him and him and the defenders and he knocks it down you know he he you know he may not be the most most efficient guy right now but he he's proven he can score and you know it's really good to see so um you know i, I know i know you want to talk on that too so go ahead yeah i i was all i was actually really excited by davion mitchell and then it hit to a point where no he wasn't efficient he was shooting quite a bit and it was like yo bro don't shoot so fucking much but I was always kind of like, hey, this year is kind of one of those years where he's going to go in and do his thing and figure it out. And I'm not really going to be too critical of him. I think that I, I agree with you in that he's going to be a six man. I always thought that was his role. And that role is really valuable in the NBA. And as a backup point guard, one thing I like about Davion Mitchell, the Kings haven't really, I don't like to do this shit because people get all like, they get really excited or they scoff at it, but you know, you kind of look back at what the Kings had back in the day with 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 Bobby Jackson, where you can come in and score and do all that. You, you when you when you have a backup point guard, you want them to be able to kind of create their own. They don't need to be this master facilitator guy. Like that was what's so frustrating about Corey Joseph. He couldn't do shit offensively. He was just he went there and he dribbled a lot and played a little D and made a, some passes. And you don't I don't know if you really want that from your backup point guard. You want you want a guard like that who can go and play off ball at the two. He can shoot. He can he can play on ball defense. He can handle the ball as a point guard. Uh, that's why a lot of the we, we talk about a lot of the cool players. I'm not comparing him uh, exactly, but uh, Jordan Clarkson, you know, Jamal Crawford, guys like that over the last couple of years just come to mind where they were kind of like this like combo guard point guard score. You know, I think he's kind of in that mold and I, I, I do, I do like him. And I think that we talked about how when you, when you shuffle the roster, it makes ways away for guys to, to fill a role. And um, yeah, the last couple of games, at least I just, I do hope that that trend does continue. And that's a good point out to bring that into the episode on your part for sure. Yeah, for, for Davion Mitchell, I don't see Jordan Clarkson or Jamal Crawford at all. You know, I think at the end of the day, you're looking at probably two of the better scoring six men of all time when it's all said and done, especially Jamal Crawford. I think Jordan Clarkson will be there as well. Um, I see more Eric Bledsoe, uh, defender who can score and, um, you know, not the greatest shooter, um, but gets it done. So, uh, you know. That's that's where we differ. Yeah, I, I just had to point that out, dude. Like you just you said you're not comparing him to those guys, but you did kind of compare him to Jamal Crawford and and Jordan Clarkson. So um, I, I at the end of the day, I think he's I think he's more Eric Bledsoe, Marcus Smart than anything. So um, I wasn't comparing their games. My point my point was more just you have a guy. Who, my point was more that he's not just this dribbler like Corey Joseph just goes out there doesn't offer anything offensively that was more that was more the point I get that I get and in your comparison is definitely more accurate a Rashawn Holmes though fucking sucks damn told you <laughs> told you all right let's okay 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 all right so let's let's talk about Rashawn Holmes so Holmes you know Holmes doesn't fucking suck okay let's let's be real let's put this into context okay uh, Rashawn Holmes does not suck as an NBA player there. You know, I, I think saying somebody who sucks is like, let's keep it real, man. Ramsey, Woodard, those guys suck, right? Like those guys can't 
Rashawn Holmes, um, you know, shown his true colors. Okay. He was playing, you know, almost 30 minutes a night and his stats were 12 and seven. So his stats were inflated. He was scoring on a bad team, um, you know, and, and he was really the only big man on those teams for the last two, three years. Uh, it was something that me and you have said, you know, inflated stats on a bad team, uh, you know, really, really gets beat when he plays true, big, true big men. And, and we had been advocating for him to go to the bench. They need to upgrade. They need to upgrade. Holmes is a bench player. Well, look what happened. You know, Rashawn Holmes is on the bench. Uh, and I'm happy about it. I think that's his role. You know, I think if Rashawn Holmes is your backup big man, uh, you're doing some things right. Okay. Your, your roster's good. If, if Rashawn Holmes is playing 20 minutes a night off the bench, that means you have a big man in front of him. That's probably an all-star. Um, and what do you know? Devonta Simonis is probably an all-star in most years. So um, that's good. It, it's good. That's just Kings got better, man. That's, that's all it is, is the, the roster got better. And the Kings were able and fortunate enough to move a guy like Rashawn Holmes to the bench. Uh, they're deeper. Um, so, you know, it, it just goes back. You know, you said, I told you. Yeah, yeah, we did fucking tell you guys, you know, untouchable. I got a lot of receipts on my phone. You know, if anybody ever tries to say anything, I'll bust out the receipts, man. I Oh, he's untouchable. 20 million a year. You know, Rashawn Holmes is the best player on the roster. This and that. And yeah, there's one, you know, there it is again, you know, people overvaluing players and, and, and pushing, you know, I was told in the beginning of the year, I have a receipt that says Rashawn Holmes is going to 18 and 12 this year. That's, that's DeMontis Sabonis numbers. That's all-star numbers, you know? So, um, you know, people just overvaluing Kings players again. And at the end of the day, Kings are better because Rashawn Holmes is on the bench and I'm glad he's on the roster. You know, I'm glad they got him at 10.2 mil or whatever it is. And, uh, he's going to be here, you know, maybe he'll be here next year. I, I think he'll probably end up getting traded, but, uh, you know, Kings are fortunate enough to have a really good backup big man. Yeah. When I was more being a dick because that I feel like we just argued with people so hard. I think I even, I even went on a couple other podcasts. I went on a, on the Cowbell Kingdom podcast specifically, argued with those guys about it. And I was more being a dick. And that's that's the thing, though, is that over the last couple of years, we've had to like be more level when it comes to players and it makes us look like we're haters. And and so therefore, we're con- when we're constantly arguing against, it seems like we're arguing against a player, but we're more arguing against people's take. It makes us look like we hate the player. And and that's, that's kind of what happens with Rashawn Holmes. And, and so, part of me has just kind of embraced it mostly because we've been right along the way the whole time. And what I think you said about elevating guys and in, in, in he, they benef- he benefited from being the only guy and getting a lot of minutes. That was always the argument with him though, was I just feel like, I, I don't know. I, to me, I don't think it was that hard of a take. It was always really obvious to me. Hey, the Kings aren't very good. They don't really have a big man. And he's going out there and he is, squeezing the most out of what his opportunity is here. And that's all that was there. But we always said, like, when, when they were talking about the money thing, I was like, there's no player comp for that, for what this guy produces. And he never did it for a long period of time. He hasn't, he, for the two seasons he's been on here, he hasn't been able to, to uh, you know, finish off the season. We had a lot, he had a lot of injuries. And this year has kind of been the same thing. Um, but my argument all with him always was like, I think you got to take a look at his stats, not at 30 minutes, because that's not what he's going to average over the next four years. Like when they were handed out his contract, it was more like, what's the stats going to be at 22 to 25 minutes? And then that's kind of what you're going to base it off of. And I think that people are like, what happened to Rashawn Holmes? What happened to Rashawn Holmes? 
I don't think anything really happened to Rashawn Holmes. I think Rashawn Holmes just is not playing as much. I think that he's not being counted on as much. I think he's he's truly playing um, that role player role, which is what he is. And I think that's a really good thing. At the end of the day, like I said, I, I when we talked about in the trade deadline, I, I I told a bunch of people, no, I don't think they should trade him. I, I don't really want to trade him because his contracts at this point is affordable. And why just trade? We always have a say in the show, right, Ryan? We don't just trade motherfuckers to trade them. Like we don't do that. So I just felt like he, him, um, you, what were you going to get for him? And, and really, as we go into this next phase of the Sacramento Kings, like having guys that previously were in your starting lineup on your bench and guys who are, you know, fringe starter level on your bench, that, that means you have a good team. That's what that means. And you kind of said it. That means you have an all-star. All right. That's that's a better thing. And, and nobody can be upset about that. And I think one thing when it comes to the Halliburton, the, the Holmes, the buddy haters, what do they have all they all have in common? And it seems like is that they're more they're more keen on seeing their guy be successful than the team's success. That's one thing I've noticed. They all they could they, they would they to them, they'd be OK with the Kings losing if it meant that they, their point was right. Right. And, and I think that's that that shit's irritating. But. I don't see any people dying on this hill as much anymore, but it's just funny. I I, I, I want to throw out because people were dying on that fucking hill and they're not dying on that hill so much anymore. 100%. And that was, you know, you know, the last few years, dude, with the Bogdanovich thing that we called with the Rashawn Holmes thing, with the Halliburton thing, you think more motherfuckers would listen to us. <laughs> yeah. But who are you we, know, dude? You, yeah. Who are we? But, you know, it, every single year we pick a hill to die on. In the last three years, we've been right. And I always, you know, there's always that doubt, you know, right before the trade deadline where I'm like, damn, dude, are we right about this? You know, did we, did we analyze the situation right before the season started? I'm going to stop fucking doing that, dude, because three years in a row, I, I've been like that. You know, this year, I, I, I was like, man, is Halliburton, you know, are they really going to do that? Are they, is McNair seeing something I'm not? Nope. No, he's fucking not. He's seeing exactly what I'm seeing the last three years. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start fucking roll with the dude, man. Supreme confidence from here on out. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, I want to shout out a couple people, Ryan, because I made the post this week about us being censored. I talked about it on the last podcast about how we got censored on our title and Apple Podcasts. But so a couple people listen to the show. I figured I'd give them a shout out. I always talk about that. Um, um, Vig Nash for sure. He's he's key comment on there. He's been a big supporter of Kings Cast. Tanvir, uh, our guy Matt Lacko. Um, he commented yeah. on there. Fucking Lacko, dude. He had a funny, he had a funny comment the other day. I gotta find it, dude. That shit cracked, dude. I, I'm gonna find it right now, dude, because I just had to put the the laughing emoji, man. Yeah, he and then and another guy, Daniel Gearhart. He he, he said that right. He was like, he's he was said he recommended us to his brother, um, and he said he was describing us. He says Ryan's more a little conservative with with his takes, and then Eric gets fired up and drops the f bombs. Hopefully, I didn't get that reversed. No, I think it just depends on the episode. There's certain times where I think I go super hard, and and then there's times where I'm like, Ryan goes super hard, and I think we each tell each other sometimes like, like, hey, dude, you said fuck every other word, but sometimes it's warranted. I guess I think the thing is, I I, I always get this feedback about us, Ryan, and say. Is that I think people appreciate us being genuine. I think a lot of Kings podcasts out there are kind of stuffy. I'm like, well, you know, the plus minus of this and this and that, you know, I don't know. Fuck you. I, I think that. people yeah, just like keep it. Yeah. Well, you know, if the Kings play this, you know, they're per 36 with this and they're pick and roll stats. You know, I, I think people just like keeping it real and real honest takes. And, and obviously we've we've been correct on the last couple of years on some big ones. And so uh, shout out to the listeners for sure. People commenting. Did you find what you were talking about? 
No, dude, it's pissing me off. Lacko will know too. Watch, he's a he's a uh, listens to every every episode, so I'm sure Lacko will he'll send it to me, and I'll have to talk about it next time. But dude, it was funny. I just remember it being hella funny. He said something to somebody, dude, and I was just like. <laughs> And we've met Lacko too. That's what made me laugh about the whole thing. I was like, "Fucking Lacko, dude, that's great." Yeah, no, it's 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 funny. Uh, I I think I'll plug something, Ryan. Casey uh, was working with Red Bull, so uh, on Sunday I'll plug the next couple episodes. I think Sunday, uh, April third, they're doing a Medici's Pizza. They're doing a sponsored thing. They're giving out drinks. It's for Kingsland. It's for the fans. I'm sure we'll go out there because we'll probably go to the game and, and meet up with some people there. So if you want more info on that, check out Kingsland and, and hit up KC. He'll get you out there. Yeah, actually, Eric, uh, <laughs> I got to break the news to Eric on air. Uh, that's the Warriors game. I gave those tickets away already uh, to somebody somebody who does me a favor, um, you know, so and, and earn those tickets. So actually, I will uh, I will be in attendance for that. Okay, then we'll, we'll just we'll go. To, yeah, we'll be at the watch party the whole time. So it actually kind of worked out um, that I gave those Warriors tickets away. So uh, looking forward to it, guys. I, you know, I'll be I'll be down there looking forward to to swap some takes with you guys. And uh, if I if I remember correctly, I think free Red Bull vodkas were involved. Wasn't that wasn't that on the post? Yeah, re- yeah, it was yeah, Red Bull Red free Red Bull vodkas for the first fifty in attendance. So um, well, what if what if fifty don't show up and only twenty five show up? Do we get two I guess we I guess we get we double fisted motherfucker. We getting hammered. Yeah. Uh, I'll run my bike down there for sure. So I I I'd be interesting to meet people in real life, you know? Looking forward to it, man. I will be there. I'm gonna get hammered. Yeah, there was another thing too, Ryan, that they I've been working with the box office to get us a link set up um to get some tickets. I, I got called today. I need to call I need to get set this up official though but i'm pretty sure i landed a link for uh the first game after the all-star break to post out in kingsland too so that might be something a little ticket opportunity for people out there to go to a game sit in the same section and mingle so i don't know as we're coming up to the end of the season times to get together get fucked up and celebrate the kings so hey guys we appreciate you listening in if you ever want to interact or be a part of the show you can always do so by tagging us you can find ryan and i on twitter and facebook at kings eric and kings Dash ryan uh, we're active on social media. If you want to support Kingscast, slide down after the show. Give us a five-star review. It helps us grow our podcast and get to more Kings fans just like you. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.